listener production. Hi there and welcome to That's Enough Already, the show that delves into the pebbles that get stuck into your shoe of life. By that I mean piss you off. Today's guest is not an English restaurateur, a sustainable farmer, although he's a, he's a mini farmer, and freelance video journalist, as Google would have you believe. It is Vaughan Smith, the Kiwi radio host who's dominated Aotearoa's airwaves for years. Vaughan is a powerhouse. He is the man when it comes to radio. And he is a funny, funny fucker. He's a 4x4 enthusiast, and he just bought the smallest little 4x4 for the biggest, driest wit in New Zealand. If you're in New Zealand, you know you can catch Vaughn daily alongside his mates, Fletch and Hayley, Hayley, every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. And of course, their podcast is readily available to those whose transistor radios don't pick up signal from across the Tasman. Kia ora, Vaughn Smith. That's quite enough. Just, just shut your mouth. I don't give a How are you, bro? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, good. For the players at home, Vaughn does a um, radio show in New Zealand. He does the morning show and he has for the last 48 years. <laughs> How many years have you been doing it? Eight years mornings and 10 years afternoons before that. And then two years before that doing afternoons somewhere else. So, yeah, this year is my 20th year in this crazy old industry. Jeez. I... Tried to look you up. You have no Wikipedia page, or there's a Wikipedia page with your photo, but that ain't you. It's like a 63-year-old. I don't know who's adding stuff to your Wiki page, but they're crazy. (laughs) That guy is Julian Assange's friend. He is some, like, British restaurateur called Vaughan Smith. And, yeah, for some reason when you search, you get his details but my ugly mug. So I'm not 100% sure of how that happened. But, yeah, apparently he's friends with Julian Assange. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of stuff in there that I thought, this is quite interesting. And if it is a bullshit page about you, fucking good effort Some on whoever's running. putting it together. Yeah. No, I know. It's not me. Apparently, it is a real man. There's another Ursula Carlson, but she's a, a lady, a poet in her 70s. And she's like, you know, very left-leaning political poet type thing. And she's also a professor at a university somewhere on the Bible Belt in America. And occasionally, I get tagged in her stuff, but then I sort of... I feel sorry for her because I know that she'll get tagged in my stuff and mine contains a fuck ton more filth. <laughs> you get tagged in her stuff. It's like, I love this poem based on, you know, life in Cuba at the peak of communism. It's beautiful. And she gets tagged in your stuff. It's like, well, we're going to kill you because you misspoke about our nation. <laughs> <laughs> and then the dildos exploded. <laughs> what were you doing with it up there in the <laughs> yeah. first place? That's what I always say to my mum because she's got the weirdest fucking sayings. She goes, um, like, if you use violence or whatever or, you know, a bit of force or something that she reckons you can just get it out if you use patience, she goes, with enough violence you can break your finger off in your own butthole, you know, that old saying. And I'm like, why is your finger up your butthole anyway? Like, but as a kid (laughs) I was like, yeah, I have to be careful. But then when I turned about 14. <laughs> I, was, I was waiting when you said it's about violence and patience. I was waiting for, like, patience no, to make an appearance no. in that saying. But patience no, isn't even No, present. no, that still hasn't arrived for me. Right. It feels like it does need an addition to somebody. So with enough violence, you can break your finger off in your butthole. But with enough patience, you can. No, no, no. There's, no, there's nothing. There's no, she's got some beautiful saying. She's got 
and I use this on the kids too. And they go, I wish I had this or I wish we could do that. And then my mum would go, why don't you wish in the one hand and shit in the other hand and see which one weighs heavier? And now I use that same saying on my children. <laughs> Wild. Where did she get this? She invent these sayings or does she pick them up? No, from no, somewhere? she makes them up. But I used to think that they were proper sayings and then I would use them. And people were like, that's not a that's not a saying. I never heard it. You know the old saying, uh throw throw a throw a key to the wind and a bird will shit in your eye. You <laughs> yeah. know the old saying. Oh, yeah. that one. Why don't you you know that old that old why don't you shit in your hand and give yourself a round of applause? Like, oh, that's not a it's not it's not even in the Bible, Mum. <laughs> but you know, I think she sort of just I, it might be in the Bible, they might have edited it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the original, it was lost in translation. Oh, I reckon we lost some good stuff in those Bible revisions. There would have been some real oh, mate. hot hot business going on in there. Well you've never done stand up, eh? No, no. Well, I tell you what, if you want people to come for you, you just make a joke about a cyclist or cyclist panties. I I did that show, Ewan Gilmore's show. Did you know Ewan? Yeah, yeah. Met him a few times through work, yeah. So Ewan Gilmore is a friend of mine um, who passed away a few years ago. Yeah, it must be like seven years now. And um, he hosted a show, Road Madness, and it had already been funded for a second season. Um, by the time he passed away, they were like a week away from recording. So, of course, he's dead. He's not going to do the show. So they contact me and they go, will you do the show? I go, oh, fuck no. Uh, it's basically just voiceover and presenting a show of clips, you know, like dash cam footage of bad drivers in New Zealand and Australia. And I went, no, thank you. And then his mum said, look, if you don't do the show, they're going to get someone else. She goes, and I I don't want to see anyone else in you and the show. And I went, all right, fine. So I went and I, I did the show. And then um, some of it, of course, it's, you know, it's ad lib. It's basically the, the videos speak for themselves. It's not a hard gig, you know. So there's a cyclist who's in the middle of the road uh, in the roundabout and he just kind of cuts off a truck and, you know, because that's a smart move uh, when you're on a bicycle <laughs> to cut off a truck. Even if they're wrong, never cut off a truck. That's the rules, you know, because they're bigger than you. Very unforgiving. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you don't want to go back and go, but I was correct. Yeah, but you fucking did, bro. Anyway, so <laughs> he cuts off this truck and then flips the guy, the bird, you know, like real aggressive. And in the voiceover, I go... Now, look at this dickhead um, cutting off the truck. And then so they then put in a complaint to the Television Broadcasting Complaints Commission to say that the cyclist was actually correct in that instance and that I owe them an apology. So then it was sort of upheld in the sense that, uh, according to the traffic code, the cyclist was correct. So they said, but the action that I need to take, I don't need to apologise, I don't need to do anything just maybe say that the cyclist was correct. And I said, no, no, I insist. I do want to apologise. And the cyclist sent me so much hate because I was burning the cyclist. I said a few things about this middle-aged twat on a bike. And then I said, uh, we'd replayed the clip in slow-mo a few times, and I said, look, there was a lot of middle-aged guys getting their um, Lycra bike panties and a knot because of this. And I, then I just proceeded to burn the cyclist a bit more. I go, before the record, he was correct. And that was it. That was the apology. <laughs> but then I sort of knuckled down on being an asshole. <laughs> but you're an amazing cook. Like I love um, watching your clips on socials about how you prepare meat and stuff. 
And I'm like, oh my God, yeah. I just, I want to cook with you. I think we should do a cooking show. And actually when I heard there was a cooking show, I'm like, of course they're going to get you to host it. And I was really bummed out that they didn't. Yeah, the the barbecue one that's coming, it would, it would have been awesome. But yeah, no, yeah. I think that's the South African and you are here. always here from lots of South Africans, whenever I've got some meat on the, uh, on the grill that's getting the low and slow treatment. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's an art form. And I think people don't celebrate it enough. Like um, Jesse Mulligan said to me, uh, this week he goes, when you barbecue, do you use the charcoal one? I'm like, yeah, I don't own a gas barbecue. I used to have a little gas barbecue mm. so I can do it in winter just on the on the deck. But I, even that, I went, no, I just bought a little charcoal one so I can quickly fire it up and just get, you know. Where does the gas barbecue come from? Is it a New Zealand and Australian thing? Because I know English yeah. people don't. South African people simply will not. <laughs> There's like cooking outside, like moving your stove outside. I don't see the point. What, why are you outside with this thing? Yeah, yeah. No, it's New Zealand and Australia. Yeah, it is New Zealand and Australia, right? I didn't know. I thought it was a worldwide thing, but it's pretty hard to, yeah, find another nation that loves a gas a gas grill as much as New Zealand and Australia do. Whenever I go back home, they always go, so do you do that braai with a gas now? You know, that's sort of the first thing. They don't ask about all the automatic cars over here because, fuck, they love an automatic <laughs> car and a gas barbecue. What is it? Is, it, is South Africa manuals? They love a manual? Yeah, yeah. Like my mum has got an amputated foot and so we struggle. Like you have to basically go on a waiting list. This is like I've been in New Zealand for 16 years, so I don't know what the situation is now, but you could not buy an automatic car. Like she had one and she had to hold on to that one for 20 years and then um, it just died and then she had to get a manual car because we couldn't find. She just had to sort of punch the clutch with a stump, you know, because it was just, no, we couldn't get automatic. <laughs> Pump the clutch with a stump. That's that's yeah. a real, got a real good feel to it of like an Australian blues song, uh, Outback Blues. <laughs> yeah. I'm just out here pumping the clutch with the stump. It's got a heartbreak <laughs> written all over it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did not know that about South Africa loving a bloody manual. Yeah, like I, that's why I was so happy when I found the truck. I'm like, oh, my God, it's a manual. I, I will take it. Thank you so much. Yeah. You've got the Landy, mm. Lee's Land Rover. Do you still have that? Yeah. Because you just got a yeah. different car, a little um, 4 by 4 I did, yeah, I yeah, I've got both. I got the I've got a 1967 Land Rover Series 2A uh, that I inherited from my granddad, but its top speed is about 72 kilometers an hour, so it's not overly friendly for a daily 60 kilometer commute. So yeah. I bought a Suzuki Jimny, which I feel is just the modern version of the old Land Rovers, and basically what you buy when you want a Land Rover but you can't afford one. Huh. The new Land Rovers are very very expensive. But do you think because I've you know, like I've got stuff that I got from, but I'm talking like painting and uh, old tobacco, you know, when they would sniff the tobacco. I've got a tin like that from my great-grandfather and then a painting. But then you sort of, you have to keep it. Do you feel like that? Like you have to keep that landy forever? Forever. I love it. I love it so much. Forever, definitely. Yeah, I, yeah. Um, yeah, I'll be putting my uh, daughters through a strict test at an older age to see who's the more responsible and then it will, of course, go to the more responsible and the one that yeah. won't sell it when they need wine money or yeah. <laughs> to make their rent one week. Yeah, because that's the thing. It's like I have to put this stuff, I'm like, I have to hand it over and, I, you know, it, it is a big thing. It's like this is your responsibility forever and ever 
Mm. But yours is a lot bigger. Yeah, a lot bigger. It's got upkeep and rego and woff and all of that stuff that you have to keep up. Yeah. Now you've got two kids and you have to decide. This is like picking your favourite in a house fire. Who's going to get it? Yeah, I don't yeah. I, I don't know. It'll be a decision I have to make one day, but we'll see. Maybe they'll choose for you. Yeah, maybe. I love it, though. It's um, it's so cool. Even just having it, people are like, oh, everywhere I, if I've taken it to a mechanic, someone will be like, oh, guy came in and wanted to know if that's for sale. I'm like, nah. Not, not for sale. But how long do you reckon you have to have something before it becomes forever? Like you say, your great granddad's tobacco yeah. sniffington. So, I mean, that's, that's how old is that? 80, 90 years old? Yeah, I mean, he, he died in 1973 mm. and it was already old to him. I think it was passed to him by his uncle. Right. So, hundred, <laughs> like 100 years, I don't know. And someone painted a picture of his hat. Uh, the matchbox and the pipe that he always had with him, and I have that picture. And so many people come in and they go, "Oh my god, that that is cringe." And and I'm like, "Ooh, that is, <laughs> you know, sort of a." So I've put it in my bedroom now, um, but it's it's one of those things I can never get rid of it. Yeah, yeah. But it is. It's a big thing, and it's like. You know, but uh, sort of I got it because my brother and sister both went, fuck, no, we don't want it. So that's why I say maybe your daughters will decide for you. Yeah. Yeah, I think mean, there's, there's sentimental people in families. I'm definitely that yeah. of our family. Like I went up when they were selling my granddad's farm and I said, can I come and have a look in the sheds? And dad's like, take whatever you want. And I found this. Yeah. Everybody else had just overlooked it, but it's a it's an old compass. Oh, wow. From when he used to go deer stalking. Yeah, mm. and there was just like this shed was like full of these things. Like it, it still works. It's like this yeah. awesome wow. old, God knows how old it is, but yeah. it's just so cool. Like that's a cool thing. And what would have happened to that? It just would have, someone would have chucked it away or yeah. the old board, all sorts of things. Yeah, no, I'm also definitely the one that will keep stuff. Like my, I went over to my brother's and I guess it's because it's sort of we almost have this nomadic life where, we have lived in so many different, like my brother went to 27 different primary schools. Like, wow. you know, we moved a lot and that just means you don't have shit. Like we don't have old shit. And even moving to New Zealand, I brought nothing but clothes, nothing. I didn't, I don't have, wow. you know, like I sent over in a shared container two boxes of stuff and that contained like wow. the um, picture and some photos and documents from school. But that was it. I learned nothing about you online. Good. You know. Oh, I am surprised yep. you don't have the blue tech on Instagram. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I'm, I don't, I've never asked. I've never been asked. I don't know what I don't know what the deal is. I'm, I'm not worried gonna, about the lack of the blue It's literally, tech. if you go into your settings, there's a blue tech hmm. application. You just click it and then wait two weeks and they'll, next next minute you know uh, you've got the blue tech. I can't, I, I can't, I can't ask. <laughs> it's got to be given to me. I can't ask for it. I'll help you with that, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> my my inner New Zealander, always wary of tall poppy syndrome, can't ask. It's gotta be it's gotta be given. And even then I'll be like, oh, I don't know if I want this. Oh no, but you know, you need to look like people need to know it's you. People should follow you. If it's for farm advice, if it's for landy or four by fouring advice, if it's for barbecuing advice, or you know, even uh, water blasting your deck. I, I just rewatched the water blasting of the deck again and the painting. It's so soothing. Very therapeutic. Like you you absolutely fucking smash it. So if you've got the blue tick, it'll just get more of your people to your page. 
Oh, okay. I'll help you. It's not a, it'll be quick and you never have to refer to it. I never refer to to my ticks. Um, and I've got a few fucking ticks. <laughs> <laughs> of all they come yeah. looking for is water blasting and, and, um, time-lapse water blasting and lawn mowing and, and painting that I'm, I can provide, I'm happy to provide. Mate, I tell you what, your lesbian viewers will go up tenfold. Like, fuck, that is like mana for the soul. It's like, mm. <laughs> If I see you posted something, I immediately click. Oh, that's very kind. <laughs> hey, is your mini cow pregnant? What's happening? Um, all signs point to yes, but I'm not a hundred percent sure yet. She should have had two cycles of heat being on heat by now, but she, um, hasn't had any noticeable signs. So fingers crossed for a, a mini cow coming in September. I'm very excited. Yeah. It's Highland cows, mini Highland cows. Yeah. And they are super adorable. God, if you didn't know who I was and you just heard these weird descriptions of everything I'm into, you'd just be like, what the fuck does this guy do? I know, but that's why I love it. I, it's like you can't pinpoint anything, and I think that's so great. And I I hope people think that of me too, where they go, she's a, she's this, or no, no, I, I know her because of this, or, you know, um, and I love it. I love when I go to South Africa and people don't know anything about me being a stand-up comic and just talk about the shit that I used to do before, and I'm like, this is fucking great. Really? Wow. Yeah. It's many strings. Yeah, I think it's good. What is one thing about other people that shit you to absolute fucking death? You know, I saw this today and I was like, this is this is sloppy. I try not to get um, irritated by people because there's 7 billion of them on the planet. I'm pretty sure there's, each of them have 7 billion. It's like the man who was going to St. Ives and met a man with seven wives and each wife had seven cats and each cat had seven kittens or whatever. If you look deep enough, you'll find an infinity amount of things that irritate you about every single person (laughs) on this planet. But today I saw a lid had, like a manhole cover on the road had been taken off for whatever reason. I don't know if they needed to do the services under there. And when they put the lid back on, the white line that ran across it, they didn't reline up the white line. Yeah. So there was a gap in the white line on the road and then just the the part of the white line on the lid was on the other side and I was just like, who, who could walk away with that and be happy with their work? Yeah. Who could look and be like, yeah, that's on. Uh, I could yeah. rotate it 180 degrees, but I'm not going to. Yeah, I've got the tool. I'm here. I'm busy with it. May as well. But can't be fucked. <laughs> yeah. Nah, I'm not going to because I think that someone's going to see that and it's really going to ruin their day. You know what I... Uh, I should, you know, I actually thought I want to start a TikTok page that's just fuck your day and it's just photos of that or footage of that every single day or people, you know, putting the empty milk back in the fridge or um, taking an egg out of the middle middle of the carton, you know, just. just yes. It, fuck, you start at a point. What kind of animal raised you that you think it's okay yeah. to just take the middle egg? Toothpaste, just a oh. just a fist grab, just a fist yeah. grab of the tube. Yeah, I literally monsters, just bought the monsters. kids those things that you slide up the toothpaste so they can yeah. stop doing that. Great invention. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know who these people are, but they're the same people who, you know, when you're sort of driving and there's one lane and there, there's a double lane for like 50 meters just so people can turn, but it doesn't have a you know a turn only, so other people will come right from the back pass three cars and then squeeze in front of you, um, those are the same type of people who won't fucking line up a manhole cover. Yeah, 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 those people. And there's a special place in hell for those people. 
<laughs> get to the get to the pearly gates and St. Peter's checking your record. He's like, it looks, oh, hold on, hold mm. on. I've mm. got a couple of questions here. Manhole cover? You didn't realign that when you put it back on? Yeah. Boom. Trap door straight to hell. <laughs> and even Satan's going to go, oh, you like to cut in front of people, do you? Yeah. We've got, we're going to do some paper cuts and rub some fucking lemon juice into you. See if you like those cuts. Yeah, for eternity. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and what's the one thing about yourself that shits you to absolute death? That you wish you could change. Um, oh, about myself. My procrastination. Oh, yeah. It's just, it, I thought, like, when I was at school, it was always like, you know, that like, everything's left till the last minute. I'm like, oh, and people are like, you don't do that when you leave school. You, pre, you don't leave everything till the last minute. And I still just leave everything till the last minute. It's kind of like, I, I, and I'm one of those people that are like, I thrive under pressure, but... I don't thrive under pressure. I I survive under pressure, but I don't I don't thrive under pressure. I'm not made into a diamond. I'm gonna be made into a squashed piece of shit. The piece of shit that your mum puts in her hand before she claps. That sort of pressure. But are you a productive procrastinator? Like I procrastinate. I'm supposed to write, um, finish my new show, and it's sort of done, but it really needs to be finished. But and it's all on my desk. But I. I just cannot fucking put it together. But in that time, I will paint the shed. I will build a retaining wall. I will mow the lawn every week. I, I will do so much other shit. Like everything at the house mm. is done. I've even hung all the pictures. I've painted all the rooms. But I still haven't finished the fucking one job that I was supposed to do. So are you a productive procrastinator or are you just a... Exactly that. Exactly that. Mm. I, or I set out to finish the job that I that I was going to do and then I'll be like, oh, actually... I need the wheelbarrow for that, but the wheelbarrow's got that other stuff on it, so I'll have to do finish doing that job. And then I'm like, but before I finish, I've actually got to do that other thing to free up that space to put that stuff that's in the wheel. And that's me. I just follow. And apparently, I didn't know this, but that apparently is one of the, like, major symptoms of ADHD. Oh, well, fucking sign me up because then I've got that. Cause <laughs> I-, <laughs> I was reading the symptoms of adult ADHD being like, yes, yeah. yes. I also do that. To be fair, though, if you read the symptoms for any disease, like I can read the symptoms <laughs> for <laughs> prostate cancer and I'll go, yeah, I've got all of that, all of I'll that. Go, I'm like, yeah, okay. Ovarian cysts. Yeah, I get that. I get I get those things. I get, yeah, yeah. that's me. I think I've got that. I'm lethargic. I'm, uh, I pee a lot at night. I'm, oh, my God, yeah, I've got, we've got to get the prostate checked. Hey, just quickly, does this look like slums or like um, cool flats behind me? I went, when we, when we first started, I was like, I wasn't sure if it was like a busy Italian village scape set on a hill and I just yeah. couldn't buy the parts through the buildings. But now that you mentioned slums, it does have like a Brazilian slum feel. No, this is more, I'm going to lean towards Italian. I, I, I think it's like Italian, it's not slummy because there's there's a lot of flowers and you know yeah very but Italian every single state. Australian weirdly that comes up go why do you have the slums behind you even on the project the Australian project they go nice good to see you have the slums behind you I'm like fuck where That's... you live there this is the slums I'm from Africa this is the cool bit <laughs> hi Vaughan thank you so much for coming on the potty I appreciate it hope I didn't cut into your um paving no, I've got a list of jobs a mile long and I'll probably find another mile of jobs to do while looking at that list of jobs. So, no, it's nice to have this as a welcome distraction. 
Awesome. Well, I'm going to go ahead into the shed now and do some work there. Um, just going to go put my boots on because I'm supposed to write that show, but that shed's getting a paint today. Brilliant. I look forward to seeing it. The yeah. show and the shed, both of the things. Yeah. They're both going to be amazing. Thanks for listening to this episode of That's Enough Already, hosted by me, Ursula Carlson, and produced by the young and effervescent James Blake. The supervising producer was Nick McClure, and special thanks to Ella Leav and Beck Sutherland, who are both currently getting pedicures. If you like this episode, please remember to subscribe and share with a friend. <laughs>